continuing in our series in James tonight and we're looking at uh, James chapter 3 verse 13 to 18 and the subject tonight is faith and wisdom. Who then is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbour bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. This is the word of the Lord. Hey guys, uh, my name's Joel. Uh, welcome to our church. If I've never, I haven't met you yet, I'd love to meet you at Newish, uh, which will be introduced uh, later on as an announcement. Uh, but I want you to turn to the person next to you right now, say hi, tell them your name, and then ask them this question. It should come up on the screen, hopefully. Uh, the question is this, who do you think is wise? Who do you think is wise? So turn to the person next to you, have a chat, and see what they say. Alrighty. Well, maybe i uh, wrap those conversations up for us. Uh, like I said, welcome uh, to church. My name is Joel. I'm one of the pastors here at Willingham Baptist Church. Uh, specifically, my job is to look after 6 p.m. church. That's you guys. So if you're wondering why, if I want to meet up for coffee with you, that's why. Um, in regards to this series on James, we're having question time. So after the sermon, there'll be time for you to ask some questions. So please text them in to that phone number up on the screen. Uh, don't be shy. Uh, in a moment, we'll get into text. But uh, first, I'm just going to say a few things. Uh, firstly, can I encourage you that um, if you're a Christian and a member of our church, please bring your Bibles along to church. Uh, I want you to be listening to God's Word uh, more than my own words, and I want you to test what I say with God's Word. So please uh, bring your Bibles along. Uh, that's firstly. Uh, secondly, if you're new, like this is the first time you've been to our church, uh, you might feel a bit like, oh man, you guys are talking about money. Like, oh, that's awkward. I just want to uh, like calm you down and say, literally, that's we talk about money probably twice a year at our church, uh, and it's just towards the end of the financial year, so that's why we had this interview, okay? So if you're new or visiting, please don't feel that burden. We're just glad you're here. Don't give us your money. Just listen to us and talk to us. That'd be great. Okay, uh, that's that. Uh, and in regards to this series on James, a few people have said they've enjoyed the series. That's awesome. Uh, can I just say three things in response to you enjoying the series? Uh, number one, make sure not only you enjoy it, but you apply it. Uh, I think that'd be good. Uh, so please, as you pass up, apply it. Uh, secondly, can you please promote it? Uh, we've been doing our best to upgrade our website, our social media presence. And so please share, be it the live stream or different things uh, to your friends online so they can also hear about Jesus that way. And the third thing is please tell us. Please talk to myself uh, or to Shanae or to Beck or to Dan on the planning team about what you like about the series so we can do our best to manufacture or duplicate the same things. Anyway, that's my rant. I'm going to pray now because we're going to talk about faith and wisdom. It takes a lot of wisdom to talk about this. So how about I pray? Uh, please uh, join with me and say amen at the end if you agree. 
Father God, we thank you so much for your word. And Lord, as we come to it right now, Lord, we pray that you may teach us, that you may change us, Lord, that you may uh, reveal to us our sin, but also our Savior and how great he is. Uh, Lord, we pray at the end of this that, uh, Lord, we'll grow in our affections for you, uh, that we'll be centered on you and not ourselves, that we'll grow in wisdom. And so, Lord, we long for that, and we just pray that you give it to us. And we thank you so much that you give us that promise that if we ask you for wisdom, that you are a generous God who will give it to us. And so we pray right now that you'll give us wisdom. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Who do you think is wise? Who do you think is wise? Now, I'm going to make a few assumptions here. Uh, If I'm wrong, my apologies. If I'm right, well, that's good. Uh, my first assumption is that I'm guessing some of you guys maybe said your parents. Maybe you're like, my parents are really wise. Or maybe you thought, you know, some of my friends are really wise. Or maybe you thought, you know, some work colleagues or some mentors are really wise. Maybe some pastors like Rod Bailey, Mark Roberts. Yeah, that's, that's, about, that's about it. Uh, like, like, maybe you, they're the sort of people you thought was wise. Like, uh, you know, maybe, you know, you thought of people who are a bit more elderly. So, like, I'll give you an example. I, I meet up uh, and just chat with John Hobson. I'm really thankful to God for him, and, and I think he's quite wise. He's a bit older than me, and I'm thankful to God for him. Maybe you thought of someone a bit older than you. My guess is, though, is that none of you turned to the person next to you and said, I think I'm pretty wise. Like, did anyone do that? My guess is, is, is no one. Oh, we had someone in Israel. Okay, that's right. We had one person. That's good to see. My, my other guess, though, is not only did we not uh, say ourselves, but my guess is, is that none of you were like, man, how much time have you got? Like, let me just go through my contact list, my Facebook friends. Like, there's a lot here. Let me just tell you, like, there's a lot of people. My guess is, is that most of us here maybe struggled a little bit and maybe were like, who do I think is wise? Who do I think is wise? And I think there's a few reasons, but there's two reasons why I think we struggle to note who we think is wise. I think the first reason is because it, it's hard to define what wisdom is. Like, it's hard to define as a total package as well. Like, you might go, oh, that person's really wise when it comes to their finances, but maybe they're not really wise when it comes to their tongue. Or that person's really wise in their marriage, but maybe they're not really wise when it comes to parenting. And so it's really difficult to get a whole package of what wisdom is. But on top of that, and this is, I'm going to push in your heart a little bit more here, is I think each of us potentially has an inflated view of our own wisdom. Has an inflated view of our own wisdom. Let me explain to you what I mean by that. Uh, as most of you know, I have two sons, uh, Elijah, who's five, Isaac, who's two and a half. Uh, I was at this engagement party the other week, and I saw my boy um, Isaac, my youngest, was starting to wrestle with one of my close friends, a uh, boy called Luke. And uh, they started to wrestle, and so I'm like, oh, man, like, what's going to happen here? Like, this other boy, Luke, like, he's uh, like a little bit smaller than Isaac, but like athletic and like just quicker and just seemed to like know what he's doing a bit more. And so I'm like, what's going to happen here? I'm, like, me and my mate are looking at our two boys, picturing them in like a USC ring but you know like see what's going to happen here uh and i'm a bit like man is isaac going to be strong enough like how's he going to go and uh anyway what ended up happening is almost like isaac was like dad i got this right and he just like pushed this kid over like jonah lomu style like just put his weight on him and just crushed the poor kid like he didn't cry or anything like they loved it but like i was like man my kid's strong like isaac he's strong now, if you were to ask me, right, like today, if you said, hey, Joel, who do you think is strong, right? If that's what the topic of the sermon was, I wouldn't say my son, right? It's like, he's strong, but compared to me, he's not that strong, yeah? And so whenever I think of the question, who do I think is strong? I don't think of people who are weaker than me, right? 
I think of people who are about the similar strength to me. I mean, people who are not even, I don't think people are weaker than me or similar strength to me, right? But I think of people who I know, right, are definitely stronger than me, right? I think people who are definitely stronger. I think guys like Dan Phillips, if you've met Dan, like, guys just got big biceps, or like, even guys like Matt Grant, like, the guy's a tank. Um, like, this really pains me. But even, like, Mark Roberts is, um, like, like, even Brad Parsons, like, man, this is really, like, hurting me to say this sort of stuff. But, like, like, whenever you think of who's stronger, you think of people that are definitely stronger than you, right? And I think it's the same when it comes to wisdom. When you think of who is wiser, I think a lot of us are like, oh, I, don't, I don't know, especially when it comes to comparison to myself. Like, I don't know about you, but I actually think I've got quite a high, elevated view of how wise I am. Now, maybe some of you are like, oh, what's wrong with you? Like, you know, you're like, this is why we don't think you're wise. Like, because, you know, you're a bit inflated in your own view. But I'm going to take a stab in the dark here and say that I think you struggle with the same issue. Um, And I'm not the only one to point this out. Uh, There's a guy called Shakespeare. Maybe you've heard of him. Uh, If you haven't, Google him. Uh, He's a pretty influential guy. He's got a quote. It's a pretty good one. He said, a fool thinks himself to be wise, but a wise man knows himself to be a fool. Uh, I think he stole this as well from the Bible, uh, specifically from the book of Proverbs. Uh, In Proverbs 12, verse 15, it says, The way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. You see, when it comes to James, the book of James, written by Jesus' half-brother, his audience were Christians who had an inflated view of their own wisdom and, and, and were a bit confused as to what wisdom was. And so he wrote this letter to, to actually humble them and remind them what wisdom is. You see, it's a problem when you have an elevated view of your own wisdom and it's foolish. It was a problem for James' original audience. It's also a problem for us here today. And that's why James says in verse 13, he says, Who is wise and understanding among you? You know, when he first said that, maybe some people would put their hand up and be like, Yeah, I am, I am. And then, and then James says this, Let them show it by their good life, by their deeds done in humility that comes from wisdom. In other words, James like, You think you're wise? Put your hand down. Because as soon as you put your hand up, you're not that wise. And so if we want wisdom, then I think we need to pay attention to James's words tonight. We need to learn what is wisdom and show discernment to know what is not. What is not. And so in today's passage, what James is going to teach us in verses 14 to 18, he's going to unpack for us two different types of wisdom. Two different types of wisdom. He's going to talk about earthly wisdom, and then he's going to talk about heavenly wisdom. Earthly wisdom, in verse 14 to 16, and then heavenly wisdom, in verses 17 to 18. And what we're going to see here is that James is going to unpack for us uh, the characteristics of earthly and heavenly wisdom, and the consequences of earthly and heavenly wisdom. And I'm also going to talk about what I think is the root of the causes of these two different types of wisdom as well. And so, saying all that, you've got your Bibles Look at verse 14. I'm going to read verses 14 to 16 as we look at earthly wisdom as James unpacks it for us. should hopefully come up on the screen as well. This is what James says. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. You see, I think what James does here, helpfully for us, is he, he points out what is the characteristics of someone who listens to earthly wisdom? What is the characteristics of someone who listens to earthly wisdom? 
And, and what he basically says here is that someone who listens to earthly wisdom is someone that will struggle with envy, with selfish ambition, with boasting, and with self-denial. I don't know about you, but at times I can struggle with that. And, and, and I, think, I think James gives us this text to help us do like a self-audit on our lives. To, to reflect and think, do I struggle with these things? And is it potentially because I'm listening to earthly wisdom? And so I thought it'd be helpful. Let's just slow down a little bit and let's just go through these four issues and let's think this through, right? So, so firstly, do you ever struggle, struggle, sorry, with bitter envy? Do you ever struggle with bitter envy? I don't know about you, but I wonder if you ever had those thoughts where uh, maybe on Instagram you find out someone's just bought a house or maybe you walk into someone's house and you think, man, like, why do they have such a nice house? Like, I work so much harder than them. Like, I can't believe that, like, I don't know, where do they get this money from? Or I, I wonder if you've reflected, not with a house, maybe someone's got a job, like, a, like they have a job to begin with. You're like, how come they get a job? Like, I had better grades than them at university or school. Or maybe someone gets a promotion before you. Like maybe you've you got someone who's a friend who's the same age as you and they're higher up in the corporate ladder or on a better salary. And you're like, man, like, why is that the case? Like, like I'm, such a, I'm more diligent in my work. Like I'm a better person. How come this is the case? And you just harbor bitterness in your heart. Or maybe if you're single, you can look at someone who's not and think, why is that? Why does that person like like him? Why, why doesn't why doesn't she like me? Like like I, I'm better looking than that guy. Like I'm smarter than that guy. I've got more going on. I can give you more and more examples. Why, why is this person friends with that person? I go on and on and on. Have you ever struggled with bitter envy, looking at other people and thinking I deserve what they've got? Or maybe have you ever struggled with selfish ambition? Ever wanted to make a name for yourself? Ever wanted to try and have your name as high as you can on Google? Let me give you an example of this. Um, a few months ago, I, I did. I chatted about here from a church that none of us here are that important, and like none of us here are going to be remembered uh, in a few generations' time. Uh, and when I said that, I like uh, hit a, a point on someone. A guy called Kevin uh, Lou. I don't know if you guys know Kevin. You know, you should know. He like belongs to our church. We love him dearly. But now lives in Prague. And, and when I said that to you guys, I said none of you here will be remembered. Right? You're not that important. Uh, I had uh, dessert with Kevin, and Kevin's like, you know, when you said that, I was like. Nah, not me. Not me. Like, like I'm going to make a way for you to remember me. Like, the world will remember Kevin, right? And, like, can I make something clear, right? Kevin is smart, right? Like, he, like, finished school when he was, like, 16, did his doctorate, but he was, like, 22 or something ridiculous. Like, he is smart, right? And so I can understand his selfish ambition, but my guess is, is that you, <laughs> my, my guess is that you probably struggle with this too, right? Maybe you don't think you're going to conquer the world like Kevin, but, but maybe you do think, oh, I am going to be best in my field, or I'm going to be best amongst my friends, or I'm going to get that house that's better than anyone else, or uh, I'm guessing you have your own limit of selfish ambition in your heart. Or what about boasting? You know, have you ever unashamedly on Facebook or Instagram trying to boast about something that's happened in your life? And when you talk to friends, it's like, oh, I just wanted to inform you about my life. Okay, I just want to boast to you. Have you ever done any humble brags? You know, like, how do you go when it comes to boasting? Or, or what about denial? Have you ever struggled with self-denial? Like, have you ever made stupid mistakes in your life? And then when someone says that was dumb, and you're like, oh, no, nah, not really. Like, you know, like, there's circumstances behind it. Like, have you ever struggled with that? You see, what James is saying here is if you struggle with these things, it's because earthly wisdom has persuaded you, has persuaded you. 
And to be specific here, I want you to see here that the root of earthly wisdom is this, is that earthly wisdom is all focused, its focus is centered on you. Earthly wisdom is all about you. It's centered on you. You see, the reason why we struggle with envy, ambition, boasting, and self-denial is because of the fact is that we believe that the universe revolves around us. You see, deep down in our hearts, each of us wants to be the king of the castle. We want to be to the point in life. Like, like, I don't know about you, but like, like I said, I'm married, I've got two kids, but whenever I walk home from work, uh, whenever I uh, walk through those doors throughout the week, I'm hoping that when I walk in there, that Emma's going to say something like this. She's going to be like, Joel, the kids are asleep. Like, I've already bathed them. I've already fed them. Like, I've already read the Bible to them. They're, they're just gone. They're like, not even, you know, not even, they're, not, they're just not here, right? So you don't have to deal with them. Uh, I've cooked you this lovely steak. And also, the EPL is on demand. It's ready for you to watch. Like, I just want to look after you. Like, because like, the world revolves around you, right? Like, that's what I want. Or when I'm driving on my purple scooter. Yes, I drive a purple scooter. Like, I just want everyone else to go away. Like, a guy beat me today. I'm just like, no, the world revolves around me. Like, you let me in. Or, or like, in my workplace or here even as a pastor i'm like guys it's all about me like does, doesn't that go on in your heart as well and you know what i think sometimes this happens when with our relationship with god and so sort of like doesn't god revolve around me like i may not theolo- theologically think this but practically i do and so whenever i'm not happy or i'm going through suffering i'm sort of like god where are you what, like what's going on like you you exist to make me happy why, why is this not happening you see, earthly wisdom is revolved around you. It's revolved around you. It's centered on you. And James says to us specifically in verse 15, he says, such wisdom is earthly, it's unspiritual, and it's demonic. Earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. What he means by it's earthly is that it, all it thinks about is the here and now. It doesn't think about eternity to come. It just thinks about the next 50 years and then the next 50,000 years. It's just thinking about the natural things of this world and not the spiritual things of this world. You know, that's why James says it's unspiritual. It doesn't think about what God thinks about. It's just thinking about humans. It's just thinking about us. It's thinking about you and me. And then finally, he says it's demonic. It's demonic. And you know what's crazy is, I think what he's trying to say here is that basically, look, it's earthly wisdom, but it's actually foolishness. It's actually foolishness. You know, what's really hard, though, is, you know, growing up in our culture is this is what we've proclaimed to us is wisdom, is when you focus on yourself. Like, like, let me give you a few examples, right? Like, for example, if you're, say, you're, you're a Christian uh, a woman and you're single, you know, what sort of wisdom will you get from some of your friends? It'd be like, you should just date around. You should just try and, it doesn't matter, like, you don't really know who you want anyway until you date multiple guys. It's all about you and finding out what suits you. Or maybe if you're a guy, maybe you've heard this from a friend, it's sort of like if you're maybe married or maybe if you're dating someone, even if you're not, and you might mate say, it's okay to look at other girls. Like, it's just window shopping. You know, it doesn't really hurt anyone. It's all about you, mate. Or what about when it comes to lying, how we can, you know, do you know, little lies and we can justify it and say, oh, we, just want to, we don't want to hurt people's feelings. It's just, actually, we just don't want to come say the truth and see the consequences. Or how about this, like, oh, you work so hard, you should just treat yourself, you should just go on that 10th holiday of the year, you should just do whatever you want to do, eat as much chocolate as you want to eat, buy that expensive dress, whatever it is that makes you happy, treat yourself. It's all about you. James says it's earthly. It's focusing on the here and now and not what is to come. It is unspiritual and finally it's demonic. It's demonic. 
I don't know about you, but when I read that, I'm like, demonic? I'm like, calm down, James. Like, really? Like, that's pretty full on, man. Like, demonic? And, you know, James does this time and time again throughout his, his letter. Like, I wonder if you remember, like, he talks about partiality or, like, don't show favoritism. And he, like, tells us that. And then he doesn't just move on. But then he's like, oh, yeah, by the way, the way that you judge others is the way you're going to be judged. And we're like, whoa. He does this here. He wants us to feel the weight of this reality. He's like, look, this sort of wisdom is demonic. It's not good for you. It's evil. And, And it has consequences. See what James says in verse 16. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you'll find disorder and every evil practice. He's like, look, such wisdom doesn't lead to life. It leads to death. It doesn't lead to humility. It leads to arrogance. It doesn't lead to unity or peace. It leads to disorder. It doesn't lead to godliness, but it leads to evil. James is intense because he knows what's at stake. And so he says to us, hey, look, there's two different types of wisdom. One is earthly wisdom. It's centered on you. This is what it leads to. And then in verses 17 to 18, he shifts gears and he teaches us about heavenly wisdom. And he does this to rhetorically say, hey, look, pursue this, pursue this. And so let's have a look at verses 17 to 18 in heavenly wisdom. James says this, should come on the screen. Verse 17, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. See, what James does here is he unpacks what are what is the characteristics of someone who listens to heavenly wisdom, as well as what is the consequences, what does it lead to? And so what he says here is that the characteristics of those who listen to heavenly wisdom will be people who are pure, peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, good fruit, impartial and sincere. And so for those of us here tonight who are followers of Jesus, can I ask you this? How are you going at these different characteristics? How are you going at these different characteristics? Uh, recently, uh, I don't know if you've noticed this, if you shop at Woolworths, but they did like this superhero uh, promotion. Uh, as a parent, I both loved it and hated it at the same time because uh, it just meant I just always had to go to Woolies like every day. Uh, and they never had Hulk. They never had Hulk, right? I'm just putting that out there as a complaining parent. Uh, but I don't know if you've ever seen this promotion, right? Uh, but yeah, they have these discs. And on the discs, they'll have like the superhero. And so it might be like Spider-Man, might be like Hulk or some random guy, I don't know, Iron Man, doesn't really matter, someone like that. Um, and then on that disc, it'll have like characteristics. So it'd be like strength or it'd be like intelligence or it'd be like speed. And it would give you a number based upon that characteristic, right? So like Hulk, he's like 10 for strength. Uh, and, and you know, Spider-Man 10 for speed, different things like that. Uh, and, and I found it really interesting. And, but at the same time, as I, was re- as I was looking at this, it made me think about us, right? And like, what would be my characteristics, you know, strength? Anyway, I'm not going to go there. But I, I wonder when it comes though to godliness, you know, I wonder when it comes to, you know, the, the characteristics mentioned here. Like, if I was to give myself a rating out of 10 for purity, for peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, good fruit, impartial, and sincere, I, I wonder how I'd go with that. I wonder how you would go with that. It'd be interesting to see. It'd be interesting to see. 
I don't know about you, but personally, uh, when I die, I don't want my gravestone to say Joel Deacon the Foolish. Uh, I, I'm hoping that it says Joel Deacon the Wise. Or oh, actually, I don't want to say that because that'd be bad. But like, I'm like, I'm hoping what I'm trying to say is at the end of my life, I will be wise and I won't be a fool. And so I don't know about you, even though I know I don't have a 10 for each of these characteristics, I want that. I want that. And so maybe you're wondering, well, how do we pursue this? How do, how do we, if I'm not necessarily pure right now, I'm not great at lo- you know, loving peace, but I'm more great at loving conflict, if I'm not considerate or if I'm not submissive, how do I pursue that? Well, I think what you would understand is a little bit more about heavenly wisdom. A little bit more about heavenly wisdom. And so let me unpack something for you, okay? Um, if earthly wisdom is all about you or me, heavenly wisdom is all about God. It's all about God. You see, there's a theological truth that is sometimes a bit difficult for people to understand, but it is vital for people to understand. And the theological truth is this. God is about God. God is about God. At the end of the day, everything that God does is ultimately about His name, His glory, and His renown. Yes, God loves you. Yes, God wants to save you. Yes, God wants to bless you. But the person who has the ultimate affections in his heart, in God's heart, is not you or me. If he did, that would be idolatry. But instead, it is himself. You see, God is about God. And we see this throughout the Scriptures time and time again. Let me give you an example in the book of Ephesians. Actually, it should hopefully come up on the screen. This is a great passage in Ephesians. talks about how we are saved in Christ. And let me read to you verses 3 to 6, right? Praise be to the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship in, no, sorry, through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace. You see this time and time again in Scripture. God loves you. God wants to save you. Yes, but he does this for his renown, for his name, for his glory. God is about God. Now, this might strike us as a bit egotistical, may not sit with us too well, especially as Australians. And yet, it's what the Bible teaches us. A guy called C.S. Lewis, maybe you've heard of him. Uh, if you haven't, Googled him, like Shakespeare. Uh, smart guy, wrote a lot of books. Uh, was a, a professor of medieval le- uh, literature at Cambridge. Uh, as he, before he became a Christian and he was an agnostic, as he read the Bible, and specifically as he read the book of Psalms, and it talked about how God was saying, pray, you know, praise him for his goodness, praise him for who he is. Uh, C.S. Lewis thought that God was like a little old lady begging for compliments. A little old lady begging for compliments. And yet, After C.S. Lewis became a Christian, this is some of the things he said when it came to praise. Let me read this out to you. He said, The world rings with praise. Lovers praising their mistresses, readers their favorite poet, walkers praising the countryside, players praising their favorite game, praise of weather, wines, dishes, actors, motors, horses, uh, colleagues, countries, historical personages, children, flowers, mountains, rare stamps, rare beetles, even sometimes politicians or scholars. He goes on. This is as he was reflecting a bit more deeply on this topic. He says, I think we delight to praise what we enjoy because the praise not merely expresses but completes the enjoyment. It is not only out of a compliment that lovers keep on, sorry, it's not out of compliment that lovers keep on telling one another how beautiful they are. The delight is incomplete until it is expressed. 
This is the same when it comes when God says to us, hey, look, praise me, glorify me, worship me. He does this not because he's egotistical, but it's because it's what is best for us. You see, I want to make this clear. If you want to have a miserable life, make it about you. If you want to have a miserable marriage, center it on you. If you want to be a terrible parent, think about yourself. If you want to be a terrible work colleague, focus on yourself. You know, that if you want to listen to earthly wisdom, that's what it's going to lead to. And yet if you want joy, joy that is not temporary but actually lasts, if you want wisdom, then focus on God. Proverbs 9, verse 10, I think this might come up on the screen, unpacks this a little bit for us. It says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. You see, in James, what he says here, if you want to know if you have wisdom, well, in verse 13, he says, well, firstly, you've got to have humility. But if you want to know if you have wisdom... In verse 17, he gives us the characteristics. And, and basically, I don't know if you notice this, but a lot of these are about interacting with other people, loving people, being considerate, being peace-loving, full of mercy. But then also in verse 18, he says this, if you want to know if you have wisdom from above, see if you are reaping a harvest of righteousness. Verse 18, see if you are reaping a harvest of righteousness. Now, for those of you uh, who are new Christians or not yet Christians, I need to explain something to you here. What the Bible teaches us is this, is that when you put your faith in Jesus Christ, when you, when you believe in the fact that he died a brutal death on your behalf and that he not only died for you, but also resurrected for you so that your sins may be taken away, you believe that Jesus absorbs the wrath of God, but at the same time, you inherit Jesus' perfect righteousness. So when God looks at you, hypothetically, he doesn't look at me, for example, and say, Joel Deacon, the filthy sinner, but he sees Joel Deacon in Christ Jesus, righteous. See, by faith in Jesus Christ, you become positionally righteous before God. And yet God loves you so much that in this lifetime, he doesn't want you just to only be positionally righteous. He also wants you to be righteous as well personally. He wants you to grow in godliness. He wants to grow in these characteristics. He wants you to be more like his son, Jesus. And so if you want to know, do I have heavenly wisdom? Or do you have a hunger to want to grow? Do you have a hunger to want to grow in righteousness? Or do you have a hunger for your selfish ambition? Which one is it? And if you're wondering, okay, Joel, that helps me diagnose my heart. But how exactly do I grow in this heavenly wisdom? Let me give you three quick things. Uh, firstly, the Word of God. Uh, I'm so glad that Bob uh, read the Bible out to us tonight. Uh, I, I gave you a quote from Charles Spurgeon the other week that said, a Bible that is falling apart usually belongs to someone who's not. Uh, and, and what I love about Bob is whenever I sit next to him, you just see there's like underlines under like all these verses. Even in, uh, in morning church a few weeks ago, looking at like Malachi and like I struggle to find where that is in the Bible. And like he's just got it like all underlined and just like looking it through. Like if, you want, if you want heavenly wisdom, you ought to seek it from God and His Word. Seek it from His Word. That's firstly. Secondly, though, if you want heavenly wisdom, you've got to be in God's community. You've got to be in God's community. Let me briefly tell you why. The reason why you've got to be in God's community is because each of us here has blind spots. We have blind spots. And can I tell you something annoying about blind spots? Is you don't know they exist as well. Like, like you, need, you, need, you need community around you to be able to point out to you the fact is, hey, what you're doing here is actually not what God wants you to do. And that's why I'm appealing to your heart to like come to church or come to home group, get connected in and committed because of the fact that in that community you will grow in wisdom and people will help you and love you. 
And what I pray for you guys in particular is when you go through the ups and downs in life, that you don't disengage from community, but that's a time when you're vulnerable. And you say, people help me. People guide me through this. Because I tell you right now, if you want wisdom, you're not going to get it if you step away from God's community. Thirdly, finally, you're not going to get it as well if you step away from the leadership of God's church. Like, I know I'm a pastor, so it sounds weird me saying this, but, but, but God gives you leaders to, to point out to you what, is, what the, te- the Bible is teaching you. There's no wisdom when you try and step outside of leadership and go, I'm not going to follow what those people think. I'm going to be my own being, independent of what I think. If you, if you want wisdom, like the elders of this church pray for you guys all the time. The deacons of the church, such as Steve, pray for you guys all the time. We're here committing our life to you guys because we love you guys and we love God's word. If you want wisdom, you want to follow the leaders that God has placed in your life. You see, there's two different paths of wisdom or two different types of wisdom in this passage. One is earthly, one is heavenly. Truth be told, one is false, one is true. One leads to greater joy and one leads to death. And so look, if you're here tonight and you're thinking, Joel, man, I've been, I've been struggling with these characteristics, with envy, selfish ambition, boasting, or even denial. I haven't been seeking this heavenly wisdom. Well, can I encourage you to come before God and, and, and repent? Say, God, please help me, direct me, shape me, mold me. But also... Like, can, can I remind your heart this, right? Like, none of us in this room, including myself, uh, none of us are reading the book of James and going, man, I'm nailing this. Like, I don't know about you, but every time I talk to someone, like, I'm really enjoying the James series. Well, I am and I'm not. Like, it's, I try preaching it. Like, none of us read this and go, I'm nailing this. I'm nailing this. And yet, God wants us to grow. He wants us to learn. He wants us to keep on caring. He wants us to pursue an authentic faith. He wants us to grow. A few years ago, uh, before I became a pastor, I was a civil engineer. Uh, and specifically as a civil engineer, I was in a graduate program. And so I had to be shifted around every six months so that I would grow as an engineer and learn different things. Uh, and as an engineer, uh, one placement I had uh, at Russellvale was in a maintenance engineer. And one job I had was I had to fix this broken culvert, in other words, this big pipe underneath the road on Mount Usley Road. And so uh, this culvert was going to break apart, and therefore there's going to be like big issues, and the road would fall apart, and you'd drive into it. Uh, so it was my job to fix this road in Mount Usley on the southbound side. Uh, I had to do it in one night, so I had from 8 p.m. to 6 a.m. the next day. Uh, and so basically I planned this for a month uh, to as much detail as I could. And what it involved is we had to close down two of the three lanes on the southbound side and then we had to bring the excavators we had to dig down three meters below the road surface level dig that out put in the new pipe connect it all up backfill it with sand cement earth fill then put the asphalt back on top allow the get rid of the traffic controllers different things open up the lanes before peak hour the next day um I did the best job I could, uh, and I was freaking out stressed about this job and I got there at I think eight o'clock at night and things just went wrong like things just went wrong. Like we could not get the two pipes to connect. The pipe was deeper. The, it was deeper than what we thought it was going to be. Uh, we ran out of material. A whole lot of things just went wrong. Uh, but anyway, me and my team, we figured it out. We came with a solution. We replaced the pipe. We did what we could. But unfortunately, what it meant is we couldn't open the road at six o'clock as uh, we got a permission for. But instead, there was still only one lane at six o'clock all the way until about I think it was eight thirty that morning. 
I went to bed about 5 a.m. that morning after working that day as well. Uh, and then I got a phone call at, I think, about 7.30 from the traffic department, basically yelling at me, like, what on earth? Like, this is peak hour. You've got one lane on Mount Oosley southbound. What happened? Uh, and I was just like, look, I'm sorry. Like, things didn't go right. I did what I could. I made a few mistakes. Did what I could. I went into work later on that day after a few hours sleep. I uh, went into my boss's office. And I remember just, like, just being prepared. You know, you get ready to get, like, smashed by your boss. And I'm like, oh, this is not going to be fun. And I remember my boss said to me, he said, Joel, here's a piece of wisdom for you whenever you're in charge of someone. He said, whenever you do good, I'm going to praise you in front of people. And whenever you do bad, I'm going to take the blame for you. I'm going to take the blame for you. I can tell you right now, on that moment, I worked my butt off for that man. He motivated me because I knew he had my back. You know what's interesting is uh, when it comes to the gospel, the exact same thing happens with Christ. You know, the mistakes we make, he takes it on our behalf. And so I want to make this clear, right? When it comes to the book of James, when it says seek heavenly wisdom, not um, earthly wisdom, you don't do that out of guilt. You do that out of joy and you do it because Christ has got you back. You do that because you love him like he loves you. So the book of Corinthians actually says that Jesus is wisdom from God. He is wisdom that he knows what is the path that leads to joy. So can I encourage you to follow that path? And specifically, can I, can I remind you of a verse from Psalm 16? It says this. This is written by David. I'm talking about God. It says, You have made known to me the path of life. You fill me with joy, with pleasures forevermore in your right hand. Like, can I plead with your heart? I know at times we make decisions, selfish decisions, because there's temporary joy available. But can I plead with you and say there is greater joy to come. There is greater joy in trusting in Jesus and his wisdom. Why don't we trust in him and follow the wisdom from above, not from the wisdom from below? How about I pray to close? Father God, we want to thank you so much for Christ Jesus. Thank you so much that he demonstrates what wisdom is to us. We thank you so much that Jesus was pure. Love, peace, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, good fruit, impartial and sincere. Lord, we know that we fall short of these characteristics, but by your spirit, Lord, we want, we want to grow in these areas. Lord, we want to grow in wisdom. We know that we are foolish. And so, Lord, help us to be like your son, Jesus. Remind us when we attempted to listen to wisdom that is about us. Remind us that there is greater joy in looking to Christ and looking to your wisdom from above. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.